This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. done yeah no that's a good thing and talking about for charity i think next year the bbc should uh, save any money that they spend on eurovision putting that just into comic relief or something like that because i don't know why but for the first time in absolutely years i watched a eurovision song contest and god you know there was some dross on there and i'll blow wasn't that great actually to be honest but you know, nil point across the board. Did you watch it or have you got better things to do with your Saturday? I would I would rather put pins in my eyes than, than watch your <laughs> vision. So, uh, no, I, uh, I, 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 I missed out on that treat, but I was mildly amused when I read on Twitter that we'd got... <coughs> excuse me. Hang on a second. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, I was mildly amused when I saw we got absolutely zero. And I think... <coughs> The uh, country that won got something like 247. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was more than that because they had the um, the vo- they did they did the voting in two stages, and Italy got like 500 and something. They went from sort of nowhere and won it. And uh, have you seen that little uh, Twitter picture of one of the winning artists allegedly uh, sniffing some of the uh, white stuff just before they went back on for their on- uh, for their uh, encore? Anyway, we digress. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's not much like May. I mean, this time last year, in that first lockdown, we were basked in uh, sunshine. And it's absolutely chucking it down uh, here in the uh, rainy ticket. And what's it like down where you are in the... Uh, is it deepest Somerset or northern Devon these days? Well, it's east Devon, so you were close. close. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, I, I, it's, it's been like, it's been absolutely awful and it was like it Friday. We managed to, we were up in Yate on Saturday and seeing my daughter for the first time in ages and my grandson and we had a great time. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you got the old frog. Yeah, you got the, yeah, Saturday wasn't too bad, was it? Uh, all things considered. No, I, I thought it was really good, um, and and it was great. Obviously, great to see family, and it was really enjoyable to get around there. But anybody, anybody that's going to listen to this um, isn't really interested in what I did at the weekend. I wouldn't have thought. But, no, uh, this is true. Bit, well, we, a, I said to you to draw up a little. 
draw up a little agenda and uh, which you've done here and we'll do that before we do that i mean have you watched any of the playoff games i haven't at all and i guess if we look at what stuff's affecting our division um brentford and uh swansea in the final uh, at wembley next uh, next weekend um that leaves behind uh, Barnsley and Bournemouth. Are you surprised it's a Brentford-Swansea final? What do you think? Hello? Yeah, I, uh, I think... I'm not, I couldn't say I was surprised. Uh, the, the, the games that have surprised me are the games uh, where... Uh, between Lincoln and Sunderland, and yeah. uh, the 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 game between Blackpool and Oxford, because I mean Blackpool have, have finished very strongly. Lincoln have Sunderland absolutely threw it away with a losing streak, and and I can't for mm. the life of me think who their manager is at the moment. But he's under an awful lot of pressure this morning. Well, he's getting he dogs abuse. Him. He's getting dogs abuse up there, isn't it? When uh, you think you yeah. know he. he he didn't. He, he didn't really get it verbally, but he was ver- down here. You know, it was mainly on social media. Uh, but you know, yeah. outside the stadium, you've probably seen the little clip on Twitter as well. But uh, whether yes. he survives, and, and he, it'll be interesting. I think the problem was they were in a great position, and then with about ten games to go, I think he won one one game in ten, mm. and they dropped away and got into the playoff. And the team that does that very, very rarely. Even if they finish third, they very rarely are the one that wins through because they they go into what is effectively a com- cup competition uh, with no form. Um, and I think it's a it's a uh, what when they got two goals back, Sunderland got two goals back in the first half after, after really blowing the first leg at Lincoln. Uh, and another guy we've been associated with, Michael Appleton. Um, I thought when they got the two goals back before half time, um, they, they, they'd go on to win the game. Um, and unfortunately uh, for uh, for Lee Johnson, uh, Lincoln, they made a couple of brave substitutions at half time. Um, and uh, Lincoln came back, got a goal, could have got another. In fairness, so could Sunderland. Um, and uh, my, my, I actually thought at one point it was going to go to a draw and, and then extra time in pens, but Lincoln got that. Yeah, they hit the penalty, didn't, didn't they? they? Yeah, hit the uh, hit the post, didn't he, McGeady? I was listening to that uh, in the uh, car, the second half, but uh, they just yeah. ran out of time. Yeah. And how often have we seen a, 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 a Lee Johnson side fail to uh, adapt to a change in tactics by the opposition, but um, we are where we are. Well, the other, the other thing is it, it's a uh, it, it's that streaky thing that hit him at the end of the season, uh, where yeah. they were in a great position and then won one in ten. I think they something like won one, uh, drew drew three and lost six, something like that. And then the playoff game came along. They lost the first leg of that. So I mean, you lose the first leg of, of anything two nil, and you're always going to have problems. And uh, yeah. that was a, you know, a, and that, so that was a, that was a shame for them. But there you go, Lincoln Blackpool in the final. If I had to bet either way, I think I'd probably bet Blackpool. Yeah. And uh, one thing about Barnsley losing out in the um, Championship playoff 
is they've got some good players and one of them's out of contract. So I'd love to see that lad mow it. And a good midfield player. I'd love to see him at Ashton Gate more so than I'd like to see Barry Bannon, who a lot of people are um, making comments about. Yeah, that's interesting you say, Bannon, because I saw that on uh, Twitter. And I think that ship has passed for me in terms of him becoming a useful addition. And I can remember going back over the years, we've had these players that we've coveted over time. There's a midfielder. Uh, well, there's, there's two, actually. There's one, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was Richie Wellens. We were always being linked with him. And then wasn't there another yeah. kiddie at Norwich owed somebody an Irish uh, name? And they were the sort of midfield players that we sort of crave for. Um, and we never actually got them. Yeah. And I think that's the situation with Bannon now is that, you know, if we were going to have him, it should have been three or four years ago because his better days are behind him now, aren't they really? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a mixed reputation at, at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, I wouldn't say completely Marmite, but what they say about him is, is that he's, he's brilliant 10 games a season, but for the rest of the time, he may as well not be there. Uh, but mm. I don't know of all the times he's played against us, he's always been the best player on the field, but he's mm. 31. He's, he signed a new contract towards the end of last season. So unless he's got a, if you I'll call it a relegation buyout clause, uh, unless he's got one of those, then um, we've got a, uh, you know, we'd have to pay a fee for him. And I don't, I can't see us. We only paid one fee last year. I could, or last season, I should say. I can only see us paying one, possibly two fees this season if, and we'll, we'll come on to new players, but if we don't sell any of our better players or any of the younger players to raise mm. money to bring players in. That's the only, because looking at the last three years on financial fair play, I think we've got headroom. Uh, I was working out the other day, the headroom's about £4 million. Pounds. And, and, Is that transfer that a spend effect. we're allowed to do in terms of player acquisition? Yeah. You're Well, you're allowed to lose £39 million pounds, um, by um, the end of the last three seasons. We made 10, lost 10. In this season, we're going to lose 35. Yeah. Um, so that would leave you about four or five million quid. Um you know, 40, uh, if you lose 45 and then take the 10 million from the 45 we've lost, that leaves you with 35, four millions of difference to 39. I mean, as ever, I'm yeah. always happy if somebody with greater knowledge of these things than me uh, wants a uh, message or uh, tweet. But I've, I've got my numbers from uh, uh, Kieran Maguire, Price of Football. And he's not very often wrong about these kind of things. Now, that's not specifically about Bristol City, but he's done a, a list of championship losses uh, in 2020. And our loss was right. in there at 35 million. Now, we know from the accounts that we had that um, we lost 10 million the year before. Um, so that that's where I'm getting my uh, my number from. But obviously, if we sold Dan Bentley tomorrow for 20 million... Then all of a sudden, you have twenty-four million. million. So you if don't amortise. That's that's that. Yeah, because is it done in pure cash terms? So the fact if you sign a player for four million on a three-year contract, 
for financial fair play, that's not 1.33 million spread over three years. That's a straight, well, a straight it, four it million, the, and that would be it. It is on the balance sheet, but it isn't in the P and L. So, yeah. uh, and and like you know, there's a difference between profit and loss and cash. So it, even if we got the cash, say we got five million a year for four years, which isn't unusual these days, you you can mm. still account for the for the twenty million as a sell. Obviously, I know we signed him for two million from Brentford. My guess is they would have put in a sell on. So you take the two million out, the twenty million, and say, well, we made an eighteen million pound profit, like we did with. Uh, Webster uh, when mm. we sold him to Brighton and we had to pay I think it was about three, three and a half million to Ipswich as, as part of that deal um, mm. so it, it's a it, I think that's the only way I can see us raising money to, to pay what I'll call significant fees <clears throat> I think the players that have left the club, I think we freed up in my estimation somewhere between Nine and twelve million in wages, so yeah, which is quite a lot. Which is quite a lot of money, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, and that would be you know twelve players at a million pound a year, or it could be uh, twenty odd players at half a million a year. It depends, but they say the average wage at City is about um, thirteen, fourteen grand a week. So yeah, which is uh, what's that? Seven hundred and fifty a year, isn't it? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So it's an all, it you know the wage side's awful lot of money. Then you have to look at the accounts and say Steve Lansdowne is probably looking to get the wage bill way down below one hundred and twenty four percent of turnover, because mm. that just is not is not sustainable in anybody's language. No. Um, so you know you're looking at seven hundred and twenty eight thousand if if it's fourteen. 14,000 a week. Now, we know we've got some others earning more. Uh, we were paying Molson um, 20, 20 grand a week because he was on loan from Fulham, and that's what they agreed to pay him. And we know that uh, Callas is the top earner down there on the bank, I don't know, 20, 22 grand a week. So, and what about Vyman? Gotta... What about Vyman as well? I mean, is that is that why maybe that we don't appear at the time of speaking to have taken up the option? Because I think the figure of twenty two grand a week was mentioned for Vyman, and it might be that they want him. But Andy, you know, you, you you're going to be one of the better paid players here, but you're going from twenty two down to 50, uh, 12 and a half, say something like that. Well, what I think, think it, what uh, what I'm uh, I'm hearing. Is that, for example, with Liam Walsh, um, he wasn't offered any kind of pay rise. Uh, in fact, I think he was offered a bit less, so less money for a longer time. So if you get, mm. if you're on, you know, let's make something up. Let's make it simple. Let's say you're on 1.5 million a year. Yeah. Um, and somebody said, "Well, I'll pay you 1.5 million, but it's over three years." So it's a wage cut in one way, but you still get the same amount of money. You just get it over a longer period of time. In it. And I think City are trying that one on. Um, but, uh, you know, what? like I said, we can't in one breath say we want the club. And I think fans do normally want the club to be financially sustainable, which let's be honest, we're not no. um, in any, in any, what I would call normal business sense. Cause I, I've never been involved in a business that was allowed to, or could 
lose 39 million in three years. Mm. And, and, and people say, yeah, that's fine. Uh, and I've never been in a business where um, the wage bill's been 123% in our case, or in Reddit's case, 230% of, uh, of turnover. You just can't, you know, it's, it's just loopy. You can't do that. Mm. You can't run a household budget, household budget like it. So and you don't need to know anything about business to know that that, is, that isn't something that is can be done in the long term. We all know what the gamble is. The gamble is uh, instead of uh, raising, instead of having £7 million a year in the championship, 7 to 8 with the TV, solidarity payment and all the rest of it, you go up to the Prem and even if you finish bottom, you get £100 million that year and you get £42 million in a parachute payment the following year. If you come straight back down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Fulham in the last two seasons will have 142 million to play with. Bristol City will have 14. Or, or yeah. you know, if you want to say, say it's 8 million, 16. Now, that's why this season, two clubs that came down went back up automatically. And one club um, went into the playoffs. It, that's not a coincidence uh, with no. parachute money. And I think that's something that we'll see the three teams coming down, providing they hang on to most, I wouldn't even say all, of their better players should go straight back up. Because if you look at those sides, uh, they're all so much better than we are. It's unbelievable. Having said that, over the last 33 games, we were the worst team in the championship. So perhaps I should be comparing comparing them to Barnsley. So compare them to Barnsley, who got in the playoffs. Fulham... Uh, Sheffield United and West Brom are miles, miles better. I think. I think of those three that you mentioned there. I think. Um, I, I. I think. I agree with what you say about Fulham and uh, West Brom. I worry a bit about Sheffield United because that was like the man. Sometimes a manager can have such a bearing on a club's fortunes. And Wilder's gone. I know they won today, but they've not got. I don't think they've got that strength in depth out there. And I mean, it was that signing of that, was it Brewster for 20 million who scored, well, less than a handful of goals that probably contributed to Wilder going and he's gone now. Uh, I I think that that'll be the weak link of those that have come down because you're right. I mean, Fulham, Mitrovic will start scoring if he's still there, start scoring goals for fun again. And West Brom, you know, they got a lot of class players, so they should bounce straight back up. So it is a closed shot. I mean, Bournemouth, they must... It was a strange appointment uh, putting Woodgate in as manager of them, really, wasn't it? Yes, and I know they got mm-hmm. Gary O'Neill and Joe Jordan, but they won't be, you know... that. I, I guess if they don't get off to a start, they'll be looking to get their costs down significantly or do, the, do they get parachute payments for two two seasons? You get parachute payments for three, three seasons. seasons. Yeah, so they've it still... Works yeah. out. It's about 42, 30, 16-ish. It, yeah. It's actually a percent percentage of the, of the TV money, and that's not changed. So yeah. the, the Premier League have done basically said, we'll do the same deal again um, with BT, Sky, uh, and whoever. So the, the, the money side of it, they will still get a, a significant parachute payment. Um, 
and they've got to make it count because when the parachute payments stop, they're just a championship club who get very small crowds. Um, they do, got yeah, very 10, small, very, very, very small stadium. So um, yeah. they have to make it count. But I think they will still. Uh, I think you'll see uh, Dan Juma move on for money. They sold well last season, Nathan Ake to Man City for forty odd million. So you can stick that on top of the. 140 million, they were better yeah. off than us. No, they're not short of a to, few, Bob. They're not short of a few, Bob. Takes you up there, to nearly, that takes you up to nearly 200 million. Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it's that. I, I think it's unfair competition, and, and I'd, I'd stop the parachute payments tomorrow and I'd spread that money across all the clubs to, to level the playing field. And I think yeah, that's no, the thing that makes you sense. can do it. No, I think that that makes total sense. I mean, looking at the clubs that at the moment are uh, who, who finished number one and number two in uh, League One. It was obviously Peterborough, and who was the other team that came up with uh, Peterborough? Hull City. Hull City. I mean, if you look at Peterborough, Hull, and let's say Blackpool, I mean, you don't see any of those really. Um, you know, it'd be different if Sunderland did had have come up because they've obviously got a lot of money behind them, but. Uh, Peterborough, Hull City and Blackpool, you'd say one of those definitely would go back down. Wouldn't you agree with that on the law of probability? Yeah, but it could be three of them. Um, I mean, one thing that was interesting, I was watching the Sunderland game yesterday and um, they've got 18 players out of contract. Mm. um, Including the centre forward who scored a lot of goals from Charlie White. So, yeah. um, you know, that that's going to be an interesting conversation is they do lose the manager. Um, then whoever goes in there is going to have to pick it up by by the scruff of the neck and absolutely change things round. And they've got a very wealthy but very young owner. Well, it's the Louis who, Vuitton family, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Louis Dreyfus. Louis Dreyfus, and, yeah. Uh, and he's, you know... D- you know, as well as I do, younger business leaders like that aren't known for their patience. Uh, so it's not another Steve Lansdowne or the the gent that was an, in charge who sadly passed away up at Barnsley, who I'll call it tolerated eight and ten game losing streaks. Mm. Um, do you think and, if he does stay it, on and keep his job up at Sunderland, do you think we'll see... Uh, some of the players are out of contract for us ending up with us ending up at uh, the stadium of light or Ipswich town for, uh, for that matter. Well, it's difficult because they've got this uh, salary cap management protocol, which works slightly differently to FFP and that stops them paying out mega wages. So even if let's say, uh, Mr. Dreyfus wanted to put 50 million in in one season. He couldn't uh, in terms of, of the wages and transfers and things like that. You spend what you like on the stadium or on the training ground or on the academy, mm. but you, you can't um, uh, can spend the money on wages. Uh, and because on player they, wages. They were gonna, yeah. yeah, they were going to have um, salary capping. Uh, but yeah. they all got together and, and voted against it, which to me seems a little bit like Turkey's voting for Christmas. But yeah. look, you know, it's not from the, if that's what the, their chairman wanted to do. But of the sides coming up, 
you know, we have to wait and see because uh, last at the start of the season, I would have said Barnsley were almost dead certs for relegation. Uh, yeah. Look at the season they've had. So, and, and it depends on so many things. And as we know, to our cost, one of the things it depends on greatly is um, the injury situation. Yeah. And the injury situation, uh, it was intolerable. And we've now got a new head of all things medical and fitness, um, uh, Dave Rennie, not to be confused as... Not to be uh, confused not, with the midfield click. player of the same uh, name that played for us with in the 8 team. Yeah. 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 So we've got that guy in and, and oh boy, is it, I mean, he's got fantastic facilities to work with. I mean, anybody that came and looked at those facilities uh, at the Hamstring Probability Centre, um, you, you'd think, well, yeah, I, I think I'll come here. I think I'll come here and work because you could ask for no more. But yeah, um, he, he, but and a lot of the players that were long-term injured have actually left the club. Yeah, uh, although we'll still have to work on them if they were under contract. So if, for example, if Pato is is still injured, even though he's out of contract, we have to treat him. Incumbent upon us to treat him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you can't cast them. You can't cast them out and say, "Well, it's not my responsibility anymore." I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Rennie, I think Dave Fevs and others spotted him on the bench for the or in the general area for the Brentford game uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he will have run the rule over all the players that are being retained uh, before they went away on their summer break. You probably saw the picture off of Instagram posted on Twitter of. Uh, Callas, Bentley, um, O'Dowder, and uh, Callas, Bentley, O'Dowder. There's four of them, aren't there? O'Dowder, Callas, there's one other, I think. I don't know. But anyway, but they run they run the rule over them, and that's that's got to be a good thing. I mean, that was a astute uh, piece of recruitment and not a big surprise getting him in, really, was it? No. Got a bit faint there, Ian. Ian, speak up. Puts a huge amount of onus on um, Nigel Pearson and and the new CEO. Uh, The CEO, in terms of managing the budget and calculating the contracts and all the rest of it. And Nigel Pearson, in terms of which players he wants from our extensive database of players or from with his own, uh, within his own contacts. But we, we need uh, a good few players to turn things around, particularly if, God forbid, if we start getting injuries like we did last season, which, mm. fingers crossed, we won't. Yeah, at one time we had we had 20 players injured and the squad at the end of the season with the players that had been called into it, uh, we played, we used 39 players, but the squad actually went up to 41. I know. So it, we can't, you know, please, please, we, we can't do that again. And I don't know another club that went through that kind of thing. I mean, you get a situation at, at Liverpool where they lost a load of players in one position, you know, centre-back, but we finished up losing ours all over the field. And 
when we strengthen them, we, we really, really do need to look at players' injury records. We, if you bring in injury-prone players, don't be surprised when they get injured. No. No, high risk, high risk. Yeah, you've got to look at consistency of uh, performance over time. So we've got the new medical man in, we've got the chief executive in. Uh, you know, that's a safe pair of hands type appointment, isn't it, Richard Gould? I mean, his experience of uh, the club 15 years ago, set him on his route coming out of the army. Uh, he came to us and then he went to Somerset as chief executive and then Surrey and you read nothing but good things about him at Surrey. Interestingly, he was in line for the ECB uh, chief exec's role, I believe. Uh, and just doing a bit of research on that, that carries, so this is what the current guy gets, because it was including an uplift payment of 100 grand because he sorted out this new cricket competition, the 100, I think it's called, or whatever. But he was yeah. on 700 grand a year. Yeah. Now, yeah. cricket finance is a very different to football finances. Um, if he's coming in on the same money that Ashton was on, yeah, with no football yeah. knowledge at all, yeah, and dealing with transfers in cricket is a totally different ball game to football. Um, what yeah. do you think of what do you think of that appointment? You know, do you think it's a sensible one? But you know, you wonder how much it's, it's cost. That's it's high risk, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't say it was high risk. I would say it's more like um, comfortable old shoes because he's mm. worked for Steve Lansdowne before. I think he was here as five years as commercial director. Yeah. So he he would have been dealing with things like sponsorship, ticketing, um, and issues like that. As an administrator at Somerset or Sussex, um, it, it wouldn't have been a vastly uh, different role from – uh, being an administrator at Bristol City, um, ticketing, ticketing, season tickets or season tickets, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got a stream of income because it's 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 a, a, a SME, really. It's not a big business. We're not talking about Man United. You know, it's Bristol City. And yeah, the it's what, 25 million turnover, isn't it? Well, not even that. Yeah, the, 16 the million, turnovers, but... yeah, the turnover is not very big. The income isn't very big. Um, and it, it should be quite easy for him to oversee all that. Now, I'm guessing he's going to sit down with, because the, the person we haven't mentioned is the chairman, John Lansdowne, and it'd be nice to know yeah. what, John's, what John's role is going to be in mm. terms of uh, not so much player identification. I wouldn't um, expect him or Richard Gould to do that. We've got uh, this lad, uh, is it Sean, Sean Gillespie? Yeah. Gil Hesby, who's effectively chief analyst or head of recruitment. And, and he, the way I see it, it, it was explained to me as working previously, and nothing's really changed, um, is there, albeit we've got a manager instead of a head coach, um, the, 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 the manager says, right, I need um, a left back, a centre half, a centre forward, uh, and two midfield players, please. And the characteristics, I want a ball-winning midfield player, so what's in these days called a holding player. I want a creative guy, preferably left-sided. Um, who have we got? And they yeah. come up with the database, which apparently Pearson says is one of the is best good. He's, yeah. he's, he's seen. And they say, right, well, these are the players that are in our 
our remit. Now, clearly, Pearson knows that he's he's not. We're not going to get Gareth Bale in on loan, um, even if we offered to pay all his wages, um, which we couldn't. So Pearson would then say, "Right, well, okay, uh, I'll have him, please. He's my number one choice. If I can't have him, I'll have him. He's my number two choice. And if I can't have him, I'll have number three. The others, I'm not interested in." So you get me preferably number one, if not number two. Um, and if I can't have him, I'll take number three because he's still a good player. He's not as good as number one, in my opinion, but he'll more than do. And and that was the way that Ashton explained that it worked with the head coach and the manager, our final say on all incomings. So no player will be at the club that Nigel Pearson doesn't want. And, and please bear in mind that we haven't, we know that negotiations are ongoing with Simpson environment, but as far as I'm aware, um, we haven't activated the um, the option in Andy Vyman's contract. Although I did think I saw, I saw something about Andy Vyman on Sky, but I can see if I'm Andy Vyman, I'm being offered a three-year deal, including this year, but on less money. I think what I'd probably do is say, well, no, I'll, I'll just, you activate my option. I'll, t- I'll take a year. I'll, I'll go on with this year. But at the end of that year, I'm going to take the chances and, and move on. And then we can either say, OK, we activate the year. Give us a year and good luck to you. Or uh, we activate the year and then make him available for transfer. There's, there's no so how does that in, work? In how does that work? Just yeah, because I, I, I was not not confused by what you said, but right. So Vyman Vyman was on when he joined us. How many seasons he done with us now? Is it two or three? Um, I I think three. it's coming up to three. I, I think he originally so he's done three. three so what do we give yeah. him a three year contract with a one year option at the end of year three? Right. So does that mean yeah. he? But how does that work? Does it mean that he can say, I'm going to stay another year, or is it the club's choice? In other words, if it's the club's choice, he can't go. He can't He can't go if it, the club... As far, as far as I understand the deal he's got, the option lies with the club. That's right. So the club, so can, say, the club can say... The club can say to him, this is what I was saying earlier when we were chatting, the club can say, well, look, Andy... You're on twenty-two grand a week. Uh, we'd like to give you another. We'd like to give you another two-year deal. Yeah, a, a two-year yeah. deal with a one-year option at the end of that. Yeah, um, but actually, Andy, your wages are coming down from twenty-two down to twelve and a half. Yeah, because we're in a post-COVID world. Then, if you're Andy Vyman, you think right. I've got twelve and a half grand. Uh, a week coming in for the next two years, guaranteed. Or I can say, goodbye, Bristol City. Yeah. Who else is going to pay Andy Vyman 12 and a half grand a week? Yeah. Because, you know, none of the clubs coming down would. Yeah. None of the clubs coming up probably can afford that sort of money anyway. And, mm-hmm. and then you look at what's left. Where is he going to get a better deal than what we're offering because he's been out injured all season. Yeah. I've not been his greatest fan. I know he runs around a lot. Yeah. But, you know, he's probably a good influence in the dressing room, but he's been out all season. Yeah. Who's going to give him a better deal than that? I'm trying to think of a club, you know. 
Yeah, it, 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 assuming you're right about his wages, which you may or may not be, we don't know. Um, and I'm, I'm right about City looking to pay less in wages. And the, the reason I've come up with that is we're in a post-COVID world and I think everybody is going to be looking to pay a lot less in wages. Mm. Um, apart from, you know, your, your man cities and people like that, who man city are basically owned by a country. So, and an oil rich one at that, and they can afford to, I mean, man city will lose 160 million pounds this season. Mm. Now they're going to get away with that with financial fair play. I don't know, unless they sell uh, an awful lot of players. Um, so, and I, 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 you know, obviously they'll have a ginormous income as well from Champions League and winning the League Cup and winning the Premier League and all the rest of it. Um, but and they pay, they've got a, a huge wage bill. Mm. So, but you're right with with Andy Vyman. He's got to think about it. Well, do I want three years security? Let's call it that. Or uh, if I think if I was him. And I was confident about my fitness. I'd be saying, no, thanks. Uh, you trigger the one year option or Bristol City, you can just let me go. Because uh, there's no point in keeping an unhappy player at the club, as it's termed. Uh, well, no, they would let him go because he can turn down that one year extra contract, can't he? He can say those terms are unacceptable. I'm off, free agent. No, no he, he not if, not if they, unless they reduce his wages. The only way legally you can reduce someone's wages is by their agreement. So oh, that's what I mean. So he, he says I don't, I don't accept. No, but he could. Yeah. yeah, but he could. He could say, um, "Okay, I appreciate you've got the option to to sign me for another year, but I don't want to stay. I want to go." Because I'm not going to, uh, uh, even on the same money, because I know in a year's time, it might be more difficult for me mm. to get uh, a new contract. It might be easier if COVID and finishes and, the get, and money comes flowing back in through the gates and in the game and all the rest of it, more sponsorship is available. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things that could happen. We could be a lot better off or a lot worse off. It, it just yeah. depends. So. But I'm surprised at how long it's taken the club to make an announcement to say, well, and Danny Simpson, Danny Simpson is even more surprised because at 34, he's, he's, and he, he wasn't, clubs weren't falling over themselves to sign him before he came here. No, um, no. I, I'm surprised that it hasn't been announced that, that, that he's uh, been, been offered because uh, they said they were still in negotiation with him. So he's obviously yeah, been offered so he's, something. Uh, so, so he's been offered something, which might not be a lot. So he's maybe biding his time. But you see, the other thing is with um, with with Vyman, you know, for all we know, um, Nigel Pearson might be thinking, well, you know, Vyman, whatever happens, is going to be one of my more expensive players uh, on the payroll at Ashton Gate next season. Yeah. And therefore... Mm-hmm. Um, do I really want him? I've got lots of young forwards around, totally lacking in experience at the moment. I've got lots of energetic players like Tommy Conway, right? Am I better off saying, well, look, you know, if Lyman's going to cost me 12 and a half grand a week, which he's not going to accept anyway, and I'm not going to pay him more, but I can actually get Alex Mowat and, you know, I pay Alex Mowat 11 grand a week, which is... To you know, 70% more than he was getting at Barnsley. Then you're in the market yeah. of how many other how many other 
championship sides would want Alex Mauer. And again, I don't think any of the teams coming down would, or he'd be a punt. And I don't think any of the teams coming up could afford him. And then you're looking at that probably 15 other clubs, you know, well, that's that's what it is roughly, isn't it? You know, there's that bash of clubs, you know, would Cardiff want Alex Mauer? I think Cardiff have done a little bit of early business, if I read correctly. I don't know who. Yeah, they signed the... Uh... They signed the striker from Luton that we were linked with. But there you go. They've gone out and done, the, they've gone out and done, done their business, yeah. But so yeah. we don't know if Pearson, you know, we don't we don't know if Pearson's Vyman's greatest fan, you know. And, and, and another player that seems to be talked of as possibly leaving, who's been out injured, and he is under contract, and that's Chris Martin. I just read the odd snippet that you know maybe he might he might be one that is on his way. You know, and he didn't cost us a lot of money, so you could almost get him off the wage bill and let another club sign him. I don't know. What What do you think of Chris Chris Martin? Because he, he and Naki Wells, that's all we've got by way of experience up front, isn't it? No. Well, and and Voidman, but I, I think Chris Martin's a decent player. <clears throat> we got him for mm. nothing. Um, I, I think Chris Martin's a decent player. Um, you're not going to get the same with most of them. You're not going to get forty six. 46 league games a season out of Chris Martin. Um, any side that is marginally successful is going to play in excess of 50 games because you've yeah. got FA Cup, FA Cup and League Cup. Um, yeah. So any, you know, then 46 league games. So you Well, the absolute minimum you're going to play, the absolute minimum you're going to have is 48 games, which is a 46 league and two cup games if you get knocked out well, in right, the first stage right, of each competition. Let, let, oh, yeah. yeah. I said, if, I said, if you're marginally successful. So um, you need, I think, three players in that position. So one of the players that, that I sign would be a big centre forward. So you're looking at somebody like, they've got to be affordable. Um, I take two lads out of the Rotherham team. Uh, one's Matt Crooks, goal-scoring big midfield player, who is six foot three, four, holding player, likes to tackle, but scores goals as well. Um, and also, if you look at Michael Smith as the type of centre forward that that we need, you've got to bring him in at six foot three. And he's which Michael Smith is that? That's not the one we had years ago, is it? No, that was Matt Smith. Um, Matt Smith, sorry, and he's yeah. he's he's uh, currently at Millwall. Now he's six yeah. foot six. Now yeah. you, we need a player that can hold the ball up front and play players in. So you've got. If you add him, Martin, and Louis Britton, who I'm a little bit concerned hasn't signed a new contract like yeah. the other lads, um, so you've got three guys who are, let's call it an old money, let's call it a target man. Then yeah. you've got Vyman and um, Naki Wells who will and Conway possibly, who can play alongside them. Mm. Now, one of the big decisions. So, it, but until Nigel Pearson starts signing players, we're not really going to know what shape of team he's going for. No, is, is he go, does he want to play three at the back? Does he want to play? He seems to prefer to play four at the back. So he, we need a left-sided centre half because we haven't got any. We just, Baker's gone. The only other left-sided centre back is he's a good player and he's a tall lad, Riley Taylor. But is yeah. he going to? And then we got him? Jason Cundy, haven't we? Not who's a right-sided? Is, is he no, right? Got Rob 
Robbie Cundy, Jason. Robbie Cundy. Cundy. Yeah, he yeah. packed in years ago, didn't he? Yeah. yeah we've yeah. got we've got Rob we've got Robbie Cundy and he's been getting rave rave reviews on Lone It Chillingham. So yeah. you've got And then there's this lad Watmo. There's this lad Watmo, if that's right. Apparently is well it's apparently has come out now that he's not gonna sign. Um and that was uh, I'll give a name check to Gregor at Bristol Live, who said that their information is that that Watmuff um, won't won't be signing. Uh, the Pompey take on him was you'd be getting a great player, but he's very injury prone, mm. um, and he's got uh, one guy said he's got knees like poppadoms. Uh, so is you know that once again is that a gamble? And and at twenty four, do you say well actually what I'm going to do is we're going to give. Uh, Riley Taylor a season as our first or second left centre back. Yeah. Like I say, you, you've got to see whether Pearson wants to play a four, a three. Is he going to play mm. three, four, three with three centre backs? Either way, you need two left sided centre backs in your squad. Yeah. Because if one gets in, even if you're playing a four, you still need one. If, if the left sided one gets injured, we know all the ones that we've got don't do well at left centre back, even Callas. Can't really yeah. play now. Well, no, it didn't help his game last season at all playing there, did it? No, not at all. So we've got four, four right-sided centre back. This guy Watmuff is right-sided. So if he if he did come in, that'd be five right-sided centre backs. Then you'd have yeah. to look at it. Well, Too many. Okay, Zach, Too many. Zach Zach Viner can play right back, right wing back. So that takes one out. <clears throat> then you've got Taylor Moore. You've got Robbie Cundy. You've got Thomas Callas. So Callas yeah. uh, go hopefully ain't going anywhere. Um, no, did you say Zach Viner is uh, one of the centre backs there? Yeah, or because yeah. I mean I think he's yeah. yeah. Uh, but he can play. We know Zach can play right back or right wing back, and he's six foot two, and and he's he's quite strong. So um, you know, and he's quite quick, and he's got a reasonable long throw. So there's lots of reasons mm. why you might want him. Out there in the three four three or a three five two, <clears throat> or even yeah. in a. I mean, it's, in, it's interesting. It's interesting, Zach Viner. Yeah, I mean, Zach Viner. He's played a lot of games now, and he's if he's he, well, he's twenty four. Is he twenty five next birthday? I'm not sure. Right, but twenty four. You know, twenty four already. Yeah, so he's twenty five next birthday. I think he's twenty. I think he's 24 next birthday, Dave. All right, 24. All right. And I'm just trying to make a comparison with him and going back a few years at the same stage of his career. Uh, and Lewis Carey, right? And Lewis yeah. had more about him at 24 than Zach Viner. And I just think I, I, I think he's okay, but I think we can do better because he has moments in matches He's not a solid tackler. His distribution isn't very good. You know, he doesn't burst forward that often. I'm not. I'm not a great fan. But look, let's. That's just me expressing my view. Talking about forwards, just just nip back on forwards again. There was a lad who scored certainly one goal because I saw it. Uh, Yates, the Blackpool centre forward. What are your thoughts on uh, on him? He's very quite well, tall and quite athletic. No, he's not. He's not quite tall. He's unless you call five foot nine tall. He's not tall. Um, no, he's the guy that plays next to the big guy. Right. So if 
if Andy Voiman went, and bear in mind, um, you can use Voiman as an attacking midfield player um, mm-hmm. with, his, with his work rate. And, and when you say he runs around a lot, he makes some very intelligent runs if you've got a player in midfield that can pick him out with a pass. And yeah. he's a decent, he's also scores goals and he's a decent finisher. Um, so he, but once again, I wouldn't play him up front on his own. Um, so you've got, uh, uh, depending on the formation you play, this is another thing where if, if Nigel Pearson's thinking of going uh, 4 2 3 1, you might only need three centre forwards, and they've all got to be the guy that holds the ball up. And you mentioned centre backs. For me, I, I like see. I, I'm looking for guys coming in. They are six foot three, thirteen stone, <clears throat> got a broken nose and a skinhead haircut. Because we're yeah. we're one big problem for us over the last few seasons, not just last season, is we're dreadful at defending and attacking set pieces mm. because we haven't got the height and the power. You've only got to look at how um, like Liverpool. When they've got Van Dyke in the side, they're a, a mass. You know, their threat from corners is probably another thirty percent just from having yeah. one player in the side. And he, I know he's an absolute giant, and he's powerful as well. But that's the. I mean, Callas is quite small. Well, he is small for a centre half. He's six foot tall. Yeah, and, and that's no height for a centre half. Now he's yeah. got a great leap on him. He needs to. He needs to time it better because he gets up too early and. Players know that and they give a back into him and, he, and flip him over their shoulder. But yeah. I, I think if you've got Callas there and you've got two guys either side of him the size of Nathan Baker but fit, um, I, I don't think we're going to be in so much about, trouble yeah. from set pieces. Flipping back to defenders again because he played well under uh, the when, when um, uh, Ted Ender last season under... Um, Dean Holden, and he was on loan, and uh, and that was Benkovic, uh, who we had on loan. Another name that's been mentioned. Yeah, do you? Yeah, you know, he he'd solve that left hand side problem, wouldn't it? Although, do you not think he's a well, Nigel Pearson type player? He he's right sided. He's tall. He can play on the left of of a back four or back three, but he's another one who's injury prone. Yeah, if you check so you don't want to go. Numbers, you don't want to go with that. Well, yeah. If if you check out his appearance numbers, I think he had a, another uh, some sort of groin problem or hip problem yeah. or something like that. He, he's another one that you, you think, well, yeah, he's a decent player, but when he was here on loan, he couldn't get in our side a lot. Um, so you, you've got to look round and say, well, uh, is is that somebody? I think I think he's a decent footballer. He's six foot four. And yeah. if he had a run in the side, he'd be good. But I'd just be worried about keeping him fit. So injury again, injury again is a problem. I mean, we haven't we haven't talked about midfield, um, and you know, what, another area. I'm, I'm not too bothered about midfield actually, to be honest. I think we need a player there, but it's probably for another day to talk about who and what aspect of midfield. But who have we got as conventional? Wingers that can be relied upon for getting a ball into the cross, in, in you know, getting dangerous crosses in. And you know, you're going to say, well, What about Callum O'Dowda? Uh, you could count on one hand the number of deadly crosses that O'Dowda gets in in any 90 minutes. And you know, I'm not his biggest fan, but then there's uh, is it Sam? Is it Sam? Is it is it 
uh, Mickey Bell's son or Pearson, who are the – we haven't got any other conventional wingers, have we? Well, we've got – if you look at – let's call them wide players because obviously they've got a work up in back. And bear in mind that Callum O'Dowd has often been played on the left-hand side of a three-narrow in midfield. Um, so you've, you've got O'Dowd, who's principally, I think, a left-winger or a left-wide player. Um with a, with a good work rate, turn the pace, and he's a decent cross of the ball. He can play on the right as well. Uh, you've got Antoine Semenya, uh, you've got Sam Pearson, and you've got O'Wara Edwards as your left winger. O'Wara, yeah. Under 23s the other day, and he was tearing. I know it's, it's an under 23 game, but he was tearing. He's got pace. Track. Yeah, well, he's, he's got, got pace, pace and skill. And trickery. He scored a good goal. I think he scored a good goal if it was a game that I saw. Yeah. Right, right, right foot, 22 yard shot. Yeah. Um, and it's and interesting. He... In mind, Riley Towler had a, had a good game in that game, and he was playing on the left of a back three. And, you know, people don't realise how big the lad is. He's only a young lad, but he's heading shoulders above Nigel Pearson, for example. Yeah. Um, and so he's six foot three, he's left-sided, and you've got to make a decision. Do you want to get him out for a season of League One football? Uh, or do you want to on loan? Or or do you want to um uh do you want to give him a game as, if you like, the standby left centre back or the left centre back uh for the for the first team with us? Um well, this is why next season's one of transition, isn't it? Whichever way you look at it. And I think most City fans would say, look, let's be strong at home, right? And maybe we might get a few idens, but we're giving these youngsters games rather than speculating on um, players that might be injury prone or might have the ability to step up. It's where you need characters uh, in in the side. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Semenyo as a winger because... Semenyo is a power player. I don't see him as somebody that would get to the byline and intelligently knock the ball back. You know, I mean, he's more power than finesse. Yeah, but you know, could he play? Could he play off that big man striker? I mean, we we still don't know because it's been one of the reasons why everybody has given Nigel Pearson the benefit of the doubt. We still don't know what shape he wants his team to look like, do we? Really? No, we and we won't know that until he starts making signings. Exactly. Uh, I mean, another player that was mentioned. Sorry, sorry, another player that was mentioned. Uh, in, in saw this the other day, who's <clears throat> been at Matt, who's been at Leicester for nine years, so he'd be known to Pearson. That's a defender called Matty Yates, a midfielder called Matty Yates. Uh, I looked at his appearance record, and like you know, he had one good seat. He only had one season in the last six, which was about four years ago where he played over 30 games. So, you know, he's an experienced player. I think he's an ex-Man United youth player or something like that. Is he a player that you're familiar with? And, you know, what would you say of his name if it was? I wouldn't say I'm familiar with him, but what I'd say is when you look at players' appearances record, you have to take into account games where they were fit, but they weren't selected. And if you look at, if you're playing for Leicester, you're up against, you know, you're up against stiff competition. I mean, Benkovic can't get anywhere near their team. No. Um, and Wes Morgan is retiring um, this season. Um, and my fear with the players that have gone out, and bearing in mind that we haven't signed Vyman and Simpson yet, if that's the case, 
Um, I think we need uh, two right backs, two left centre backs, um, a holding midfield player, possibly two, um, a creative central midfield player, so a Mowit or a Bannon, uh, a right wing, a left wing, and a big centre forward. Well, that's a whole bloody team, Ian, at the end of the day, isn't it? In many respects. Well, it is, but we've lost the whole team. We've yeah. lost... Don't forget the players that left before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget yeah. Molson, Molson. Don't forget Brunt. Brunt. Yeah. So if these two go as well, we would have lost about 16, 17 players. Yeah. Would you be underwhelmed if Henry Lansbury was signed? Well, he's, he's been released, so it looks like they didn't offer him anything. I would be underwhelmed, yeah, because I think they're better out there. Um, mm. And I, I think Lansbury is another one of those Me Too players. He's he's all right. Uh, he's not going to he's not going to let you down, but he isn't really what you want. Yeah. The other thing is, the more players like that you've got, then you're blocking the pathway. I mean, you mentioned yeah. Sam Bell. Sam Bell is a pacey second striker. Um, he's another one who I'm guessing will probably go out on loan because he, when they the, there's a pattern, they sign an extended contract. And then we send them out on loan. Now, well, they did the gang of four. They did the gang of four that this just this last week, didn't they? Like four youngsters yeah, got their got, contract. But don't forget, you've Backinson is out of contract next season as well. So he's another one that I'd be looking at, interested with Louis Britton. Now I know if they leave, uh, we will get compensation for them because they're classed as homegrown, even though we bought uh, Backinson, but they're under twenty three, so it, it's not. Um, as massively important to get them under long-term contract uh, as if they were, say, for example, Liam Walsh, who we won't, we'll get something for, but we won't get very much. No, um, no, it will be interesting to see where it will be interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, on, the, the interesting one for you. The interesting one was Walsh. I mean, most people, I think, would have liked to have kept him. Um, they couldn't, they couldn't agree uh, salary with him. Most players would, after the season he's had, um, would have thought, well, if I can get another contract and I can get fit and I'll do well. But he's been linked once again with Swansea. Now, whether that's, you know, his agent or whether it's uh, people putting the Bristol City, Corey Smith. And, and you know, let's, let's be a bit nostalgic. Corey Smith could be playing in the Premier League next season. <laughs> He could be, and he's probably got one year on a decent contract. But I think if Swansea get to the Premier League, they won't be looking at uh, they won't be looking at Liam Walsh. No way. No, I mean, but Honestly, I think there. I could see I could see Liam Walsh going to Coventry. And I was just thinking, you when we've played Coventry, you've been quite an admirer of them as a team. It's got a limited budget and what have you, and they got a stable yeah. manager in. I could see. Coventry being outsiders for a top six next season. Yeah, they've acclimatised themselves well. Yeah, they've got some good players in there. Yeah. And the other one that I'm thinking yeah. about uh, that could do well, otherwise, you know, he's not going to hang around or he'll be sound his way, is Nottingham Forest. You know, I mean, this is the key thing. I mean, we've not, you know, we're not doing the director of football now. Yeah. We're sticking with the coaches that we've already got, which I find worrying. Um, for me, getting that medical guy, that was great. Yeah, that was a really good thing. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm just 
a little bit. Well, you've already said it, Ian. You know, you 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 you, you think that um, you know if if we any anything above fifteenth next season is probably going to be regarded as success, and it it, it brings us on to season tickets. No, and I was reading no, on whoa, the whoa, Twitter whoa, that whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't said that at all. You said it's a transition season, and most city fans would accept doing well at home. 15th would be an abject failure for me. We've got a very experienced manager who knows what he's doing. Okay, we hope. Okay, now, as I said previously, and I haven't changed my stance on Pearson at all, there too. There's a guy that did what he did at Leicester and to an extent Watford, right? And there's a guy who didn't do that well in Belgium and has done terribly for us. Let's be honest, his form for us, if it was any other manager... And Derby. He didn't do well at Derby. He didn't do well at Derby, but no. that was player power got him out but, there. Yeah. Well, let, let's say that, um, you know, let's let's look at it and say, right, is if we'd have got Michael Appleton, let's say, instead of Nigel Pearson, and Michael Appleton would have had the same record as Nigel's had, we'd have been going, we'd have been going for his throat. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I, next season I'm not dropping the standards. I'm not calling it uh, transition. Uh, I'm not saying oh, if we stay in the division, it's great because it's not. Um, I'm looking at clubs that I mean, Barnsley haven't spent a fortune. Uh, brought in a a, a young foreign, uh, very ambitious manager that played in a certain way. Uh, didn't have the injury problems we did. Is true. Mm. So there are. You know, it, we have to do the business in the transfer market one way or the other, or and that's got to be up and coming League One players, uh, Premier League, Premier loans. I don't see us signing that many players coming out of contract in the Premier League because of their wage demands and how much money they've already got. But you don't know. Yeah. He, he might he might be able to say to, you know, two or three of the lads, that he knows or he's had before that are in their late 20s or something, right, come here. We'll pay you a reasonable amount of money. We'll pay you a whacking great bonus if we get promoted. Yeah, do it that way. That There's more than one yeah. way to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, Did you see that list of... Uh, sorry, we've already, been, we've already been linked. Um, and bearing in mind, it's it's May the 23rd. We've already been linked uh, with... Because I always keep a list of players linked. 20 players. So four attackers, six midfielders, uh, and 11 uh, defenders, primarily right. central defenders. So uh, is, that, is that a list somewhere or just what you've picked up? Sort of it's read? probably picked up from different, different, different transfer sources. rumor sites, different conversations I've had with people at other clubs. You know, is it uh, a chat from Cheltenham? Say, oh, we've heard that Bristol City are going to sign Ben Tozer, their captain, who yeah. fits the requisite great big centre half. He can throw the ball from uh, he could throw the ball from one of our goal mounts into Ashton Park, never mind into the penalty area, and he throws it like a bullet. Now that might be a useful player to have, and and I don't. Somebody said to me the other day, "Well, you're trying to sign a basketball team, aren't I?" I'm not. But we've got to compete to earn the right to play. Football. Physicality, no, you're right. In we 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 need to be a more that. physical side for a long, long time. To be fair, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And that don't mean to say go out and just buy thugs. It, it means no, no. you've got to have big, strong players, and then say to your 
Um, Joe Williams is who I think I think is a good player. If if we if we yeah. don't fit, you're Joe Williams, you're Antoine Semenyo. Right, you go out there and play, and we'll look after you because when we have Bob Taylor, who's a terrific player, uh, we had a bloke next to him called Robbie Turner. Robbie he Turner, wasn't yeah. Foot- footballer I ever saw, but he earned but he could he put himself about. Mind, minder and he earned us the right to play. And it, I'll tell you something else. He was the best defender from set pieces we've ever had at the club, bar none. And although Fam, that was one of Fam's attributes, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, and Robbie, Robbie see where he lives where he lives up as ends up as well. Hey, look, we're not going to go to uh, 155 minutes uh, duration, which is uh, I, I will listen to it, actually because. Uh, on OSID, they've done an interview with um, Keith Millen, yeah, who's talking about Koppel and um, Peter Steva and uh, various other bits. That's going to be an interesting, uh, li- uh, an interesting listen, I think, on the on theirs. Yeah. Um, season tickets. I started to bring that up. Uh, somebody on Twitter said, "Oh, eleven thousand isn't very good when we've been and got the best manager for the last thirty years." Yes, he may be on paper the best manager for the last thirty years, but it's two things. That purse, because I think 11,000, if that's the official figure, is good. It's two things. Some people don't know about their jobs and their money. As I say, I've gone from corporate hospitality to tickets at 3,400 quid, and that's with a discount down to paying 1,100. Yeah. Uh, I think 11,000 is a fair number, don't you, Ian, at this stage? Based on performances? I've actually actually got the the, the correct numbers. So, our best year for season tickets, um, and I'm, I'm not going back to the 70s or anything like that, but our best year for season tickets uh, recently is 1920 season, where we sold 15,316. Yeah. Now, th- the reason for that is an odd one. It's when we drew Man United in the Cup and lots of people were buying half-season tickets. That's so it, that they could to get them, get yeah. Yeah. Now, the next season, 2021 was a more realistic but still reasonable 12,670. And that's so many season tickets. You mean 19... Oh, this... Yeah, sorry. 1920 or 20... Which was the season... What I I said, 2021 season, the one we just had. Yeah, the Man United game... The Man United game, Ian, was 1718. So 1819 would have been the best one because that got the ripple effect of the Man United people buying tickets with Man United. Okay. Yeah. So well, that was 1819. Yeah. 15316. Now this season, 2122, so far we've sold 11,646. Yeah. Now I think my own view is that and Lisa Knight said on uh, Robin's TV commentary for the under-23 game, oh, if you want to join the 11,000 people who've already bought season tickets. So yeah, that's what I mean. You know, it's 11,646. 11, uh, that, and those are exact uh, exact numbers. Now, they're, so far, they're 19% who have not renewed their season ticket. Yeah. Um, and the um, and normally, and this surprised me, we sell... Uh, between four and five thousand pay on the day, which is you know quite an expensive way to buy your ticket. Now that doesn't include away fans. No. Um, so it, it's it'll be interesting um, to see what we can do. The away fans are important. I mean the Atio 
holds 3,300 if the away side has all of it. Um, and there aren't very often City fans in there. Uh, and we've also had a membership scheme where for Bristol Sport, uh, an overall membership scheme where there are 8,000 members, 5,000 of those were members of for Bristol City. So you've got yeah. people who become a member and then they get a better price on the on the pay on the day tickets. But yeah. um, it, 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 I think so far, I would say that's a decent effort. It's not mind blowing. Um, no, but I think, I think it will pick up. I mean, you look for an impetus. I think it will pick up. I mean, you know, if, if he'd have gone out and I thought he might have offered um, somebody like Danny Simpson, maybe a, a position on the coaching staff. So I'm a little bit disappointed about that. But if we're, if we're, robust in the transfer market or interesting in the transfer market. I think that if it's 11 and a half at the moment and we made some interesting signings and by the time kickoff comes on the 5th or whenever it is in August, that number of season ticket holders could be out of 15. Yeah. And I think that would be highly credible. No, and if you've got it, it would take, a couple of thousand. It takes, it takes some really tremendous signings to get it anywhere near 15, Dave. I think you'd, you'd be... Yeah, no, sorry. Some, yeah, you're right. So if we, got it, if we got it up to 13, if we got it up to 13, yeah, yeah 13,000 13, would, would be a credible, yeah, would be a credible yeah. number. With, and that brings us on to... With good With good signings, because if it's uninspiring signings, yeah, that, that, that will probably only go up by another four or 500, I would think, if nothing yeah. exciting happens, yeah? Um, yeah. Which brings us on to the final thing. Um do you think when we when the new season kicks off that it will be a full Ashton Gate? And I think it will be full just because of the novelty. Doesn't matter who we're playing, people will go. You know, if we're playing at home to Derby County on August the fifth, I think they get a twenty thousand plus crowd in there. Although, do you think we'll be on rations if there's eleven and a half that twelve thousand season ticket holders? You know, what's the maximum number that we could get in the ground unless they alter things now? Is it 4,000? Well, yeah, it is. But, I mean, bearing in mind, we're talking about the season starting um, round about August the 7th. 13 weeks uh, away, isn't it? It's 13 weeks away. Now, if we're still in some form of lockdown by then, we've got bigger problems in football. Um, yeah. So I, I would hope... That uh, I could, what I could see to start with is no away fans. I, I could yeah. see that. Um, yeah. And you know, if you look at the the size of the crowds, um, then you know we need we need the away fans in the ground because we need the money and, and we need them. I think we need them yeah. for the atmosphere. To be honest, it's always. A I know what a difference it's made. Even with a few people in the ground. Excuse me. Just. Very small numbers in the crowd. It's brought football back in some respects to what it was like before with the atmosphere, hasn't it? Yeah, because it just shows how naff those artificial crowd noises are, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the twelve thousand. Uh, if we got that in season ticket holders, and then you look at your pay on the day, uh, and the fact there's been no football for about I don't know fourteen months or something like that, then then I I think. With a reasonable squad, you know, when you, you look at the squad and then everybody gets excited about new signings and that, this type of thing, we, if we've had a bit of that, and, and we need it because we've only got, if well, if you, if Weinman stays, we've only got 12 senior players mm. and senior outfield players. We've got three goalies 
Uh, we've got four if you count uh, Wells Richards. Um, but we've got 12 senior outfield players. Now, you know, you will get some injuries. I mean, we don't want a horrendous season like we've had this one. But you, so we do need, I mean, I've said somewhere between eight and 12 players. Now, that's assuming, and I think it's assuming incorrectly, that we don't sell anyone this under contract because let's make no bones about it. All our players are for sale and we'll be receiving. I don't think we're in a position where we need to accept a Mickey taking offer, uh, but I don't think any, any, any serious offer, any, any serious offer for any of our players uh, would be turned down. No, no. Uh, and so, we can talk about what we, we did at the beginning about those players that might people might come in for. I mean, my top three in that, just to wrap up, uh, would be Semenyo, Masengo and Bentley. Yeah, that's the three that if anybody's going to come. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Ian? Anyway, I'm not sure about Masengo um, because I, you'd have to really want him and want to develop him. He's only a young kid, but you'd have to sort out what he is and what you want him for because we, and we've we had this conversation before. Yeah. The other uh, two, yeah, because you can you can see the raw potential. And, and the reason I say Semenyo's a wide player rather than a striker that he could develop into is because of, of the number of goals he scored, which isn't very many, and two of them have been blocks, let's be honest. Yeah. But he has got a good number of assists where he's put yeah. through, pulled the ball back from the byline. So yeah. that's what I would use him as a wide player in either a, a 3-4-3 or a 4-5-1. Um, but it, it's up to, we'll have to see. We won't know the shape of the team, really, until the pre-season friendlies and until we see uh, the players that Nigel Pearson brings in um, and uh, the amount as well. But, I mean, we could change our side dramatically by signing four four or five players and you could yeah. you could make a dramatic change include the players that we've got in the team yeah. and you finish up with a side that you would probably be top 10 top, top 12 yeah that's what we hope for fit. if they if stay, they stay fit. fit well it'll be interesting to see what it'll be interesting to see what happens in the weeks ahead Ian good uh, to talk as uh, yeah, as always and uh, we're uh, just going into the tw- we, should, we should get to 30,000 downloads before the season starts because we do a few more of these and uh, I've got an interview lined up Tuesday night with Sean Taylor so to those of you that have quite rightly criticised uh, my uh, interview technique uh, and yeah yeah I it's letting out those questions that you've waited 20 years to ask and being assumptive but I promise that on Tuesday I'll let uh, I'll let Sean uh, say what he wants to say not only about his time at Bristol City but you know it's interesting to hear about his time at um, Exeter and uh, Swindon as well so I'm looking forward to that one but here we'll speak again uh, as soon as there's any uh, major developments uh, we'll be on uh Dave Fevs, I'll have a similar chat with him in the near future, and uh, Ian and uh, not Ian, Mark and his sister Mark. Lisa. Yeah, we'll get to okay. get them on as well. But uh, I'm going to go and watch uh, the second half of Forest Green. Who, uh, well, by the time you listen to this, the outcome will be known. But they got two, they got their two goal deficit back within the first ten minutes against um, 
uh, Newport County. So uh, might be an interesting second half. But uh, good to talk. Enjoy your week. Speak soon. All the best. Cheers. God bless, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.